Hi everyone, welcome to a Soulful Storm podcast. I am your host Tasha Samper and I've got two amazing guests with me, two return guests. So I've got Asela and Stefan. Hey, what's up? And I'm just so glad to have um, you guys back. Uh, Before we begin, I'd just like to encourage you guys to uh, follow the podcast on wherever you're listening to, where it be SoundCloud, Spotify or Anchor. Follow, like, tell a friend, tell five friends. And we're just going to get into this episode. So the reason why I summoned you both here is because... um, we are all BTS fans over here. And oh, yeah. so there has been some record-breaking stuff that we need to talk about in regards to our faves. And I just wanted to have an episode where we stand out. Uh, but before we do that, we're just going to make it, unfortunately, has to be a little bit somber because um, we also have to address the passing of uh, my fave, which is Chadwick Boseman. So um, let's get the sad out before we address the happy. So um, how did everyone find out about his passing? So I found out on social media, I was like on Twitter and someone randomly said like not Chadwick Boseman and I'm like this has to be a lie this has to be a a, a my part of my language a fucking lie because hmm. Chad like you like Chadwick Boseman was one of my favorites like I loved him on Get On Up I loved him on Saturday Night Live when he hosted it when I found out the news because I had to really look up I was so devastated, and mind you, like, there was already a lot of stressful moments prior to this. Mm. This was, like, the tipping point. And I know a lot of of people say that, like, Chadwick's death felt personal. For me, it felt personal because I went to see the Black Panther movie on the day of my dad's birthday, the year after he passed away. Mm. So... When I heard about his death, it that felt very, very personal. So that's I think I put on social media saying I'm gonna just step back because this and other things that happened going on, it was a lot, and uh, I really couldn't take like emotionally. I what funny thing is like I was talking to my friend about this, and at one point they say like I don't understand why Chadwick kept this private. He could have just been open up about it. Um, and I have to pause myself. Hold on a second. Um, because that is something that we are definitely going to talk about. Yeah. I just want to put a pin in that for just a second. Yeah. Because that is something, um, the silence of um, his illness is definitely something that I do want to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask Stefan how, um, how it, he, you found out. So I found out through the daily notifications I get on my phone, I get um, headline news. Mm-hmm. And so I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is um, scroll through my notifications. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing where I'm, I'm, I'm fully awake. I'm just literally looking to see what, what does the day look like. 
Mm-hmm. And I see um, Chadwick Boseman, um, 43, dies of... I, 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 was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't open it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't open to see what, what did he die of. I just thought, no, this is either a weird, a weird ass dream or um, I'm reading it wrong. I don't know. Um, and I literally just kind of rolled back over and <laughs> went back to sleep because, again, it's already been a hard week and I was like, there's already so much bad news that I've been consuming. Um, and I'm just like, no, this is, this is a, this is a piece of news that I just, I wasn't really ready to consume. And I'm not, I'm not an overly emotional person. Mm-hmm. But I was like, really? Like, Chadwick Boseman? Like, what's, what's, what's going on here? And him being so young, it it was just like I'm not I'm not entirely sure how to process this. Yeah. Um, and it's only when I woke up again, I went back through it and I was, I read it and I was like, oh my days, I I'm just kind of not looking at social media for the rest of the day, I'm not looking at the news because I can't be bothered, I can't be asked, I can't I can't consume more negative news, and mm-hmm. um. I think you also mentioned on a status of yours where you said that this year just hasn't been a great year for um for the black community and it's there's so much death going on mm. um with the covid and other situations and so yeah it was just it was a lot it was a lot to to, to process okay Okay, you mentioned how you're not an overly emotional person. Yeah. I'm the complete opposite. I am. So, and I am, it may not be obvious to those who don't know me personally, because right now my account, um, my Twitter account very much just looks like um, a BTS stan account. But maybe if you follow me on Instagram, it's more prominent how I feel about Chadwick Boseman. And so I have been a Chadwick Boseman stan since I bought the Vanity Fair issue, the Hollywood issue, in 2013. Mm. And um, so Nymeria, who's been on the podcast before, who is my best friend, we we used to be seriously obsessed with award season in Hollywood and we will follow everything from like the round table discussions um, from the Hollywood reporter. Um, We would like see who's um, likely to be in conversations to who's going to get an Oscar or a SAG or a BAFTA and things like that. And we would watch right from um, the golden globes all the way to the Oscars. And that's about six weeks long. So, and we would, we would buy, uh, the Vanity, um, the Hollywood edition of Vanity Fair, which has, um, people, um, actors and actresses who are likely 
to uh, get awards whose films have been widely acclaimed based on, you know, the actors that we liked. So that's the year that Lupita, like, swept the board Mm. in terms of 12 Years a Slave. It's when Michael B. Jordan had done Fruitville Station. Idris Elba had played Nelson Mandela. And it's the year that... um, Chadwick Boseman had played Jackie Robinson in 42. Didn't I hadn't seen 42, didn't know Chadwick Boseman. So I bought this cover for Lupita and Michael B. Jordan. So I'm like, because it's the most diverse issue of uh, Vanity Fair. Mm. Um, it had like, out of the 12 people, there were six black people on there. It was like Idris, Chadwick, Lupita, Michael B. Jordan, uh, Naomi... I think, is it Naomi Watts, who was in James Bond? And there's another black person. Oh, yes, and Chiwetel. Chiwetel Ejiofor from who played Solomon Norfolk in 12 Years a Slave. So I was looking at this, like, really happy I got. I was like, who is this man? And I was looking at Chadwick Boseman, and I thought he was just gorgeous. So from there, I just started following his career obsessively, found out he was going to play James James Brown and Get On Up, he did a fantastic job. Um, I remember when there were just rumours that he was going to play um, Chitala Black Panther. I I remember the announcement um, that Marvel made where um, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans being um, Iron Man and Captain America introduced Chadwick Boseman to the Marvel Universe because that's the film that he was going to make his appearance in. And I found out because people personally text me. Like, I woke up Saturday morning to messages from my friend Micah, from messages from my sister, like, um, sending me CNN articles about how Chadwick Boseman is dead, and I my my body went into shock. I was like, absolutely not. Even though I'm looking at a CNN article, I was like, no, it's a lie. The real place to verify this is Twitter. So I get on, which is ridiculous because CNN are not going to put out that kind of news if it's not true. But I was like, no, I had to find out from Twitter. Get on there, Chadwick Boseman is a trending topic and people are lamenting and I just... Uh, I couldn't believe it and I was heartbroken and like USLA, I I put out some tweets, did my tribute on Instagram and then I logged off because I was like, I genuinely can't do this. Uh, I cried three times that morning. Literally, the only thing that got me through Saturday was the fact that I had my surprise birthday in the afternoon slash evening. So that's the only thing that, like, my friend surprised me. So that's the only thing that took my mind off that. But before we get into the silence, uh, like, his his privacy around his, um, his um, illness... I just want to say to anyone who's listening that there's no shame in the fact that his death felt personal because um, Black Panther when was a was a cultural reset. I, I 
I make no exaggeration when I say our entire race celebrated that film. And it has contributed to the way not only black people and um, Africans are seen. Um, And then on top of that, he played some amazing historical figures in history from James Brown to Jackie Robinson to Third Good Marshall. And on top of that, like, the the celebration, like you said, Asela, you, you went on your father's birthday a year after his per- passing. That is very personal. And then in real life, there was just so much r- recorded of the fact that Chadwick Boseman was just such a good man. And then... On top of that, he was really young. And then on top of that, you found out that he was battling colon cancer from stage three, right from Black Panther all the way to his passing. And between Black Panther and his death, he did about seven films. So with all of that information, on top of the fact that 2020 has just been a sack of crap, it felt it felt like too much. It it felt like death came and bypassed all this hor- these horrible people, and took one of the good guys. That that's at least how how, how I take it. Mm. Yeah, it it yeah. went. It just went from Kobe to Naya Rivera to folks who watch Drag Race, Chichi Devane. Oh and, yes, and now Chadwick. Mm. Stefan, you wanted to say something. No, no, I was, I was just going to say this this year in in general. Um, it's just been a scary year because um, it's a thing of where you you're in a situation where you know people die. You know, you know that that's kind of what happens in life. But it's been quite a scary year because now there's that real threats out there when it comes to um daily living and and seeing seeing how people are dying and seeing the, the um that you've got all these um illnesses and the viruses and the the unexplainable brutality that's going on and whether you're whatever race you are you're in mm-hmm. um there's people that's going to be close to you that will be affected by um, whatever's going on in the world at the moment because everything seems to be global, everything seems to be connected, everything mm. seems to be a threat. Mm. And so it's been quite a scary year not knowing if your loved one is going to pass away or not knowing if someone you look up to is going to pass away. And you're just sitting there kind of praying, hoping it's neither. But it's just been such a long year. It's true. Not to mention the fact that this year, because of COVID-19, you can't even give people a proper burial. Not mm. not in the way that you're used to. I'm just, just from the outpouring of love that Chadwick Boseman has received from ordinary people right down to those in Hollywood... I can imagine that if it wasn't for coronavirus, his his funeral would be huge. Mm. 
Yeah. Like mm. I wouldn't I would not be surprised if he had um had he would have had the kind of um um send off that Kobe Bright had. I don't know if you saw it, but um mm. I watched some of it, but at the Staples Center he, um like what was the entire NBA there? And then on top of like everyone that he had ever worked with, mm. I feel like Chadwick would have had that kind of send off, and we can't mm. do that at best if his family allow us because he was incredibly private. Yeah. Maybe um, a tribute will be televised, but the send off won't be the same, and that's part of the crappy part of coronavirus. It's like it, it's taken away. Um, just even being able to pay our respects to people and speaking of his privacy um, we found out that so many people did not know that he had colon cancer and we're not just talking about oh um, he didn't tell us the public which I totally would have understood and I just want to make it clear this is not for me to have an understanding this is just me making commentary um ryan coogler didn't know who the director of black panther um some of i would say all of his colleagues who have spoken out who considered chadwick a friend I, i'm speaking specifically about um from like black panther and marshall Mm-hmm. Um, they said that they didn't know and Stefan I know that you had thoughts about that so would you just like to chime in here um, yeah so I think my thoughts around it were after the, the announcement of his death there were a lot of posts saying that he was a hero for going through it in silence and doing it in silence mm. and my thoughts were, well, he probably did it in silence from the, the public's view, mm. but his family must have had, had to know. Mm. Um, because to go through something like that, and to go through something like that without a support system, mm. it's crazy difficult. Um, to go for four years, he had to have some sort of support system in place, and I just had a little... and. I just had a little bit of a, a little annoyance with, with, with the post. And I'm not saying that he should have told people and should have told everyone, but there are a lot of people that are going through things that they do need to talk to people about it. Um, there's people who are refusing to have support systems because of this notion of you're stronger if you're more silent. And I was like, well, we don't, I, he, he's, he was strong for doing what he, he was doing for the past four years. I won't deny that. But to say he was strong because he was silent from the public, it was something I had a little bit of a, a, an issue with. And mm. the reason why, is, it's more probably like a personal, a personal um, annoyance is because I'm someone who always advocates for awareness and education around health conditions. 
since I also have my own podcast on raising awareness for sickle cell, and I do a lot of uh, talks around um, East London on it, because without without raising awareness for it, and without people knowing where they can turn to, then they can't get help. Mm. And um, and that's the only reason why I was a little bit um, uh, annoyed with the with the post because you're now assuming he spoke to nobody. You're assuming he didn't get help. You're assuming that um, he just dealt with it through the sheer world of his mind and he just ignored it and just did what he had to do. And that could send the wrong message to people looking on. If a person is struggling with that kind of thing, if they're struggling with something and they're not too sure if they should talk about it or not, that could send them the wrong message to them. Mm. That that's my that was my thoughts on 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 the on it on it. Okay, Asala, do you want to chime in? So, I had the same conversation with my friend, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say the same thing to to them. I'm Go gonna ahead. stop myself from saying something because I would sound like I would lash out and in my head it does sound like it I will say the only thing I can say is I wish that was the same with my dad okay uh, if that makes any sense um, I, I don't quite understand help me help me get help me land without crying without getting very personal oh sorry babes I wish my dad said the same thing. Okay. That's all, really. Okay, I understand. And uh, I am so sorry for your last one. I'm so sorry for what you've had to go through. Um, I would, I would advocate for anyone listening who has family or who's going through something that themselves that they find people that they trust and they mm-hmm. don't go, that they don't go through this in silence you don't have to um make a social media post and put it out there for the whole world to to know because mm-hmm. um i think um stefan speaking to what you said your annoyance was i think that was that was people who were choosing deliberately not to read because um the post that was released by his um family made it clear that the family was aware Mm -hmm. the family knew his wife knew Mm -hmm. yes it is it is his co-workers and maybe um those um outside his very inner circle that didn't know and um i was also reading a tweet i can't remember who it was from but it's someone who works within the entertainment industry in America that was saying that there's a strong possibility that the reason why he didn't say anything um, in terms of maybe to directors or towards um, Marvel is because if he had disclosed that information, the way insurance works with Hollywood, that he wouldn't have been able to get roles. Yeah. and for that reason, I understand that. Yeah, that, that's 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 understandable. Um, 
because again, it, that, that there's a lot of discrimination um, when it comes to stuff like that, and Absolutely. and and barriers put up towards people Which with, with, with with health conditions. So sometimes you, you do have to pick and choose who you speak to. Yeah, absolutely. And so while I know that um, um, Ryan Coogler, who's the director of Black Panther and Chadwick had a great relationship, I don't know if maybe if Chadwick had said, listen, I have colon cancer and not just I have colon cancer, it's at stage three. We don't know if Ryan would have had like a professional obligation to have to tell Marvel Studios that. Of course, exactly, yeah. So that there's and there's a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of things that we are never going to know we, because, from what I know, as a Chadwick Boseman stan, he, this man was notoriously private about his life and about his affairs. Literally, I did not know that he had married Simone <laughs> until the announcement that he had died, where it yeah. said his wife. And we had always seen pictures of him and Simone out together. So it's very, and he had mentioned that, you know, there's a lady in his life, mm-hmm. but we didn't know that they had got married. We don't know when it happened. It's not like there were, there were wedding pictures up on his IG. So for someone who, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? For someone who was consistent in keeping his business to himself, I'm not surprised to hear that Chadwick Boseman had an illness and didn't disclose it to the public. And I will say for me personally, as much as it's like a shock to our system, we're still trying to deal with it. We are all still grieving. Um, I am glad that his passing and the announcement of his passing was on his terms and his family's terms. And it's not something that... TMZ got hold of and then announced it to us because I will never forgive TMZ for the way that they announced Kobe Bright's death. The fact that his oldest daughter found out about her father's death on Instagram is wow. too much for me to bear. Yeah, that was not okay. It is too much for me to bear, and TMZ does stuff like this. And I understand that they are a gossip, um, a gossip site. And they do not care about, um, I guess, any form of journalistic ethics. But I was like, you could have at least waited for his family to know the news. Is the is the is the need to be the first person to get the story out that important to you? That humanity goes out the window. It's. So thinking about stuff like that and thinking the how, um, just how media outlets um, operate, I am glad that we found out the way in which we did. Yeah, it was a media fanfare. Yeah. It, it, it was a media fanfare, but at least, um, at least his family are the ones that controlled the narrative. I mean, we we don't even know Chadwick died that day. For all we know, Chadwick could have died the week before and they were just like, you know what? This is the day we're going to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's not our business to know, but 
there's there's nothing wrong with those of us who didn't know him still mourning because this man had uh, an impact on all of our lives. I, I, I'm never going to forget or regret the audacious way I celebrated Black Panther. Turn it like <laughs> doing group pictures, turning up in African outfits <laughs> on more than one occasion in Birmingham and in London with friends. Like it was, it was an event. It was very special. And I'm very glad that Chadwick Boseman got to see the way that we celebrated him. Yeah. Um. So that that's us on the somber note. Um. And also, just be, just before right. we move on, I was um, Asalam, I I apologize. I don't. I didn't mean to upset you or to trigger anything. Oh, um, it's okay. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. No, you got me crying on a freaking podcast. Even though. <laughs> <laughs> you need to cry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, so good, so good. Look, no, like I, I understand seven. I understand where you're coming from, and mm-hmm. my friends said the exact same thing, or like kind of vouch for that. Like I said, I wished it was the same when my dad left. So I wish that was the case. So that's I understand that, and I think that's like Tasha said. I think it's good. Like there's some people who choose to be private about it. Mm-hmm. not because like for someone to say like silence is strong like that that I, I also agree i don't really care much about that but at the same time i have to respect someone if they choose to keep it private because mm-hmm. some people like there are some people who want to like say yeah like yeah like you said like if you say it like announce like hey i want to let y'all know i have this just keep in mind i understand that I also understand that it's personal, something that they need to go through it on their own. They don't need like cameras or like constant reporting or TMZ all up in your business telling you like, hey, I saw you at the hospital the other day. <laughs> so, oh, and they absolutely would have done that. Can you imagine? Have. Yeah. So I, I, so that part, I can also understand because some people would rather fight their battles on their private time. Mm. So to me, I respect that. So, mm. yeah, that's it. Got me crying mm. on a friggin' podcast. I was supposed to talk about. I was supposed to be here. Like, We're going to talk about happy thing. That's why I wanted us to deal with the the sad before the good. Um, but yeah, we just want to say, like, obviously, rest in peace, rest in power to Chadwick Boseman. Prayers and love to his family and his friends who are grieving at this time. And just a reminder, please be kind to people and be careful about the things that you say on the internet. Because something that a lot of people have brought up is how a lot of people thought it was okay to make jokes and memes about the fact that Chadwick had lost a lot of weight. Yeah, that was not okay. Yeah, it was not okay. And it's something I had noticed and I had mentioned it even on the the fan page that I follow of his on Instagram because I was saying to like these group of fans, I'm like, I don't think that he's losing weight for a role. Like, I think something's wrong. I think he's not well. But the way people had made jokes and it was really, really mean. And he had actually started deleting pictures off his Instagram 
I'm like, so you don't know what people are going through. And for, I hope the people who had jo- quote unquote jokes to say about his weight loss really reflect about the things that you put out there on the internet because yeah. people and mm-hmm. words are hurtful. And it's scary. I feel like um, society is really heading into sort of like a black mirror direction where... Oh, we're, um, already we're already there. We're already there. We're already there. It's already there. But it's, 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 it's mad where sort of when a, when a, in, a, in a time where what you see on the screen, you believe that to be reality. Your screen is your reality and nothing behind the screen matters and you don't try to think beyond what you've seen and and people just feel like they see a picture and they or they see a, a post or a tweet and they now know the entire story or they know all the facts because that's all that's what matters is what they've seen and and uh, we live now in a society where that's why fake news and and um and all the stuff that's going on thrives because it wouldn't thrive if people just thought for a second before they spoke and thought about what is deeper behind this or what was more that is true and that is also a topic for another podcast but speaking of news we have good news (laughs) and that is that bts my fave and I know the faves of some of the people over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they released their song Dynamite. And Asela and I had actually spent, had an episode where we spoke about the promotion leading up to Dynamite. But because of issues with Anchor that I don't know what, we were not able to upload the podcast. Mm. So between now and that time, Dynamite has been released. It broke the YouTube record. Um, for most amount of views in 24 hours with 101.3 million views. I mean, even as far as BTS records, that is incredibly impressive. That's mad. It's mental. And they, mm, yeah. let, 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 let me get, let me get, let me get out, let me get out all the accolades, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. They also um, debuted uh, Dynamite. Their their essential comeback performance was at the VMAs this Sunday gone. And as of Monday, we can, the 31st of August, we can officially say that BTS are number one on the Billboard Hot 100, making them the first Korean group in history to hit that record and they are the second Koreans after size Gangnam Style which came out eight years ago so clap for the kings awesome (laughs) um so I'm going to try and navigate the conversation so we don't all end up speaking over each other so let's (laughs) do first things first how does everyone feel about the song and the MV? Stefan Go. Love it. Um, so the, the, the music video, so chill, the vibe, the, the colours, 
um the transitions again i love i love bts because just of how much fun they seem to be having in their videos mm. and um i love the song because it's just it's a, it's such a refreshing sound mm. and it felt it felt like it felt like a, a sort of a summery summer bop song but I can listen to this all through winter. I can listen to it autumn, spring. Yeah. It's such a but. I can listen to it all year round, and it's such an uplifting tune. And again, it's it's not only uplifting because of 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 the song and of the beats. But it's also uplifting because of just seeing the enjoyment. Mm. Um, I'm loving how they went old school with sort of the the record store. Um, I love to see that. I love to see them dancing in, in the rooms, then dancing in the streets together. And I feel like they they just they went all out and I have mad respect for them. I have mad respect for them because uh I'm trying to get trying to get my thoughts together. You you frazzled you frazzled my brain, Tasha. You frazzled my brain. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Uh, I have mad respect for them because they oh, okay. When I was watching the song, when I first yeah. um, listened to it, the English was amazing. English was for, for a group of that that say or that don't speak much English in the interviews. Like their accents, their the pronunciation, the it it all flowed. It wasn't a thing where oh they stumbled in that word. There was not a single word they stumbled on. So I have my respect for them because it must have taken hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and endless of hours to practice something that flows so good where you'd have never thought that they mostly speak, speak Korean. Mm. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Asela. Before you even mention, I would just like to say to the masses that Asela called the theme of M like the theme of this song and MV. Asela called it. I'm gonna <laughs> let her delve into it. But when I say this chick is a genius, <laughs> on Twitter. And when she tweeted this, I was looking at this girl like this girl is so crazy. I mean, look at her just reaching for the stars. But <laughs> tell them what it is you predicted. <laughs> Um, so okay this is all started with twitter but it's actually started in tiktok <laughs> okay i was because everyone kept going on because going off in this theory that like oh bts based on the font alone they they're like oh my god they're gonna go 70s and then they saw like yoongi wearing a toon squad jersey which are like yes space jam and they're like oh my god they're gonna sample something from space jam and i was just sitting here i was just I was on a high and I just kept thinking like, what if they did something with Michael Jackson? What if they sampled yeah. him? And I was just like going through a list. I'm like, cause it makes sense. Cause it goes with the theories of either the seventies or the nineties. I'm like, okay, if you're going to go with seventies, there's literally discography of Jackson five and the Jacksons, like literally st stacking there. But mm. because people were so gone ho with the nineties, I was like, okay. Literally, his entire Dangerous album, because it has jam, which will still, like, fit to the theories of 
that BTS is going to go with the 90s track. I'm like, Mm. because it's all perfect. Like, what about Remember the Time? And and I just was bouncing off the walls with all of to like Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) So, because for those who don't know, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Like, she really is. Yeah, I love, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. I'm also a huge Prince fan, but that's save that for another day. But anyway, let's talk into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, so when I was like thinking of something like Michael Jackson, because that's like, it just made sense in my head. And I knew I was reaching, I'm like, that's never going to happen. But when the music video dropped, the music video girl the teaser the, the teaser. teaser remember i tweeted you i was like you caught it <laughs> I was, the funny thing is when people were like you and another person they were tweeting at me i was just i was barely awake i was waking up like what are you talking about and then i looked oh, i was literally like <laughs> the seller. i was like bitch wake up <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think like, I, I think I actually tweeted you in capital letters, Acela, get your ass out of bed. Wake up. <laughs> I was literally, I saw this and I was just, I think I quoted you that. I think I quoted you that. And I was like, like, I just woke up and I'm just connecting the dots. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, that's a mad analysis. For you to come from TikTok to that prediction. Yeah, yeah you're, you're a genius. Absolutely agree. <laughs> that was some deep analysis. Oh my god! And, and then for Taj Jackson, <laughs> and then for Taj Jackson from Three T, Michael Jackson's nephews to be like this, like this tribute to my uncle is everything. Whew, the validation and the vindication. I was I my my moonwalker stuff went on high because we I'm like you got a validation from Tosh Jackson (laughs) y'all got a validation no I I almost cried because I'm gonna like the first group I ever stand well boy group I ever stand in my life was 3T Mm. and I was four like you don't know about 3T their song anything 24 7 from the album brotherhood oh brotherhood is an album Mm. i 3t were incredible so for and obviously they're from the jackson dynasty so it's like yeah for them to be like yes we love this song thank you for this tribute to our uncle incredible um so my thoughts on the song Oh, I forgot to say my thoughts. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go. Sorry. No, I, I, so I think I said to DM to Tasha this too, because what's funny, the music video came out while I was eating dinner. So I put the mm-hmm. music video on mute and I was just watching, I was reading the lyrics and I was just like, this, <laughs> this is what everyone's raving about. I was very judging, but then I finally, Finally, I watched a whole music video. Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! I was. It, it just felt like it just went from like okay, I guess to wait a minute to <laughs> oh my god to oh my god, and I even like, do I love this? Do I like this song? Do I fucking love this song? And I, <laughs> oh my god, this music video, it, it was everything. Like like. You, like like you said, it, it was a vibe. It was just, it was so refreshing. They were all just having a good old time. They were having fun. I was just so happy. 
I wish the 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 only critique I do have. There's one mm. critique I do have. There were not roller skates. <laughs> oh yeah, you did really want the roller skates. Oh, yeah. was there skates in the background? No, no they were. It was a ring, but they never skated it. I was. You have the way that the way I listen. We've all watched Run BTS. The way their equilibrium is set up, I don't think we would have been able to see all seven members. (laughs) You're asking for a lot. You want a video. You want them to dance. You want them to be singing English and skate. (laughs) Listen, we're army. We never skate. (laughs) Run BTS set them up for this. They can't end them now. like with run bts we believe you can do anything um okay so my thoughts um i'm very pleased i'm very 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 pleased um i had actually stefan i'm not sure if i had told you this or if i had just kept it to myself but i had actually been praying about the single from the yes, minute told me. That- yeah yeah I was like, from the minute there was the announcement that this song is going to be in all English, mm-hmm. when, when I got that announcement, my, my heart was immediately skeptical. Because I was just there like, Same. I understand. I understand why they would do it. They've clearly, they have to Trojan horse the industry because yeah. they are, it's, the industry has made it clear that they're not going to get, give BTS the things that they deserve if there's no compromise, so to speak. But I was thinking to myself, okay, what's the quality of the song going to be like, considering the fact that not all the members are fluent in English? So mm. those are my immediate thoughts. And I prayed about it. I was just there like, Lord, I want to be in love with this song. Like, I just really want to like it. Mm. And I'm I'm really hoping that with this this English song that they're about to put out because it's not like with other K-pop artists where they have their Korean song and then they'll have that same song, the version in English or Japanese. Like this song is out the gate English. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, and because Columbia is putting so much push behind it and you have all these DJs suddenly saying, yeah, 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 we're definitely going to play it on the radio. I was like, let this be a song that... um, still has the bts quality behind it Mm. because we all know the reasons why we fell in love with bts it's because of their talent and how much they put into their songs and how much the song means something and i was thinking to myself let this great push of a song not just be behind any old song i really wanted to love this song and having heard it i can safely say i'm obsessed with dynamite I love it so much. Like you guys have been saying, it's a vibe. It's just such a good. It's 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 everything that they said it was going to be. It's got it's such a feel good song. It makes you feel better. It makes you it you start dancing involuntarily. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think another thing that it does, it tells me that BTS are genreless. Because how did they yeah. take this song that sounds like the Jackson 5, like, rejected it in the 70s? So, like, uh, maybe, but no thanks. Take mm. it in 2020. And it just sounds great. Like, I played it for my dad. And my dad was like, 
this sounds really good. This sounds like something I was vibing to back in the day. Definitely sounds like some white boys are the ones singing it. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> My dad immediately assumed that they were white. And then I told him, no, actually, it's BTS. So again, like Stefan says, it's a testament to how good their English was mm. in the song. So I think Dynamite's great. I think the video is fun. I loved all the, like, you know, the, the cross between the 70s, the 70s, maybe it was even the 60s, because there was pictures up of the Beatles. But definitely mm. like the O to the 70s and the 90s. A record store um the, uh, what was it the bell bottom trousers um i just think i just think the video was fun i loved it my only criticism of the song mm-hmm. and of the mv jin's mm-hmm. lines man mm-hmm. i'm just there like my boy jin definitely definitely could have had more lines or I could have definitely heard him more in the harmonies. Um, and then for the MV, uh, and I know this, this was a source of contention for a lot of people, but we we don't have to get into, into it too tough, but I just, where was Jin's set? Everyone had their own set and Jin didn't have one. And Mm. I definitely have my eyebrows raised about that. But I'm not going to turn into one of those people that's like, we need to now start sending complaints to Big Hit because that whole thing was... The mother flipping truck. Okay, so for do you want to explain the whole truck situation, Nacella? Just I'd rather somewhere. not. I'm not going to do it. I dug myself my own grave when I just mentioned that. I'm like, yeah. Okay, well, we'll explain it to Stefan because I, I didn't tell Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what you're, what you're referring to. Oh, boy. Asela, we're going to summarize this. We're not going to make this a thing. We're going to summarize this. Um, And what basically happened is that what some K-pop fans, this is across fandoms, like to do is that when they're not happy about um, what they perceive to be the company's management of a particular idol, aside from just sending emails to the company they will send like a truck outside the company what does the truckness what does the truck do with seller they just, just have like a list of demands on it yeah basically oh. like what blinks did when they asked for demands at yg okay yeah yeah so when when the bless you when the mv when the mv came out and people watched it after while people were there i think that people more started airing their grievances after the 24 hours because everyone was focused on streaming and making sure they broke the record Mm -hmm. but afterwards um they started trending on twitter we love you Jin," something like that because people were um very visibly upset at Jin's lack of lines and um, his lack of presence in the music video. And because like BTS always do like um, their V Live um, where they watch the video and they give their thoughts, they basically act like YouTube reactors with their Mm. own videos. So people had assessed Jin's um, expression 
while watching and they were like oh my goodness he's so sad you can tell he's really really hurt that his stuff was um you know edited out which i find very annoying because i'm like you you don't know him you don't know what's inside his head what he's thinking can you please relax so people turned that into a trending topic and then emails were sent to big hit and then people actually paid money for this truck to be sent outside to big hits headquarters basically accusing them of mistreating Jin and abusing him and how like he deserves more and it's just it was just an embarrassing affair it's like an embarrassing affair of what i believe to be people not knowing their place Mm -hmm. like you don't to be balanced and fair there is a conversation to be had about the line distribution not only in bts but across um idol lines i think the larger the group the harder it is to distribute lines evenly yeah um and that there is a conversation to be had about that this is not the first time that people have said bruh why is it we don't see much of Jin in the mv but i think there's it just a takes way with, there's a different way to approach it of course because i'm like you're, you guys are taking you're not taking into account that bts have said that when it comes to our songs we don't just distribute lines like that. We we distribute the lines on who best we think fits it. Yeah. And then on top of that, Jin is a grown man. And I was like, can you guys pick pick a narrative that you want to go to with? Because half of the time you're saying that Jin can do whatever he wants yeah. and it's Jin hit and no one can tell Jin what to do. And then on the other hand, you guys are acting like, Jin is this four-year-old that needs protecting and it's your responsibility as a fan to march up to Big Hit at, at this man's place of work and say that you need to do this for Jin. And it's like, This Jin, is in 2013. <laughs> I was like, first of all, I'm like, Jin is a big, big man. Jin is about to turn 28. Jin is about to go to the military soon. Uh, there, I don't know if you saw that IPO. There... But he has until 2021. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. so like, yeah, no, I saw I saw the tweet. I'm like, Jin is an adult one. Jin has access to lawyers too. And third of all, are you guys really thinking that if Jin was not happy about something, that he wouldn't march into whoever's office and say that I had don't I have a problem with this? Like you don't, we, we, none of us know what goes on behind the doors of Big Hit. And second of all, Jin's not your friend. Can you relax, please? Yeah, because like if, if, like you said, like if he did have a problem, the music video for Dynamite would have been way different. In fact, we would have like the B-side version instead. Which <laughs> luckily it was out and there was a lot more Jin themes in there. Yes, which I, which I low-key clapped for. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank way more. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, like, as even as we're saying this, it's not like we didn't side-eye the music video, but there's just a way to go about it. And some people just really don't, really don't know their place as fans. Yeah. It's, and it's, so. it's saying it a lot in Cape. I feel like it has that, that day that the, how the fans are reacting that, I feel like that doubled since last year. 
Yeah, with Blackpink. I think once people saw um like Blinks and um that truck to YG and JYP and JYP in the name of Got Seven, mm-hmm. like I feel like this is going to be a thing. But it's like uh, this is not a proven method that works. I think people just want to exercise their power to see see how yeah, far they can they can push it. Yeah, but I'm like you're spending money. Yeah. You're spending money. And the thing is, though, it'll be different if you were doing something that yielded results, like as a result of sending out this truck. It's not like Blink sent this truck to YG and YG suddenly said, you know what? We are so sorry. We're going to put out Blackpink's album right now. We're going to gather the girls together and we're going to start on promotion right away. That's not what happened. Mm. It hasn't worked with Blackpink. It hasn't worked with Got7. And undoubtedly it hasn't worked with bts i'm like so what is everyone doing here what's the goal the irony of it all is that out of all the companies like the well-known k-pop companies big hits seem like the most fair exactly the irony of it all bro did you see the amount of shares that each member of bts have got now that big hits gone public and they're like partial shareholders and i'm like what does 7. that seven million each and then, and then also and on top of that, usually like K-pop companies have like debt. Big big hit basically pays for everyone. Yeah. Okay. So Stefan, I'm not sure if you know this. Mm-hmm. I, we actually, I, we may have talked about. Yeah, we this. spoke about it the other day about the um the shares that we received. No, no, no. I was gonna say when it comes to um trainees, the way that it works in the South Korean industry is that um. Um, the idols have to pay back their debt from when they were a trainee. Oh, like okay. Singing lessons, maybe um, if they play an instrument, dancing lessons, um, maybe um, language lessons and how to speak Japanese or English or anything else. All of that gets accumulated. And once you debut you have to start paying that back. And it's not like, I saw someone really break it down very well yesterday um, on Twitter. I think it was Niger actually. But um, it's not like, you know, <laughs> it's not like, you know, student debt where we all been to uni and then they take a certain percentage out of our paycheck. No, mm. they take huge chunks out of your paycheck. Mm. That's why you'll find that um, some idols who in groups that like are not as popping as Blackpink or EXO or um, mm. Got Seven or Twice, then you'll find that maybe some of them will get almost to the end of their contract and they don't have that much money to their name because yeah. all the money has just been spent paying back their trainee debt. But it is on record that big hit do not charge any of their trainees they don't take they they pay for everything so that means from the minute that bts were debuted their money has been theirs and that's the same with um txt that's the same with like uh the boys who are on island right now mm-hmm. um obviously we can't say the same for g friend or for 17 because they're under Pletus and Source that have been acquired by Big Hit, but I'm sure 
we don't know what their contracts are like, but anyone who comes up directly under big hits doesn't have that trainee debt. Oh, okay. That's nice. That's good. Really? It is, it is good. So it's like Acela and I are saying that of all, uh, there are some people in this fandom that want to hate big hits so badly. And it's like, you guys are really barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, it's the irony of it all. Uh, obviously, big hits not perfect. It's still, it's still a business, and it's still part of the music industry. And like, the priority is always to make money. But yeah. if you compare them to almost every other company, they definitely act more in the realm of fairness. Yeah. But that's you know slight, slight negativities. Did everyone watch the VMA performance? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what were your thoughts? Acela, go first. And bear in mind, guys, we're at an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Uh-huh. Oh, I love it. Like, I love how it transitioned from New York all the way to Seoul. And I feel like that, and, and also, they, I love their outfits. Oh, my the gosh. Bell, um, out, uh, like the bell bomb, the tux. I'm like, I love this. We will never get anything like this <laughs> Un- unless they do like some Inkigayo end of the year thing, but Ooh. like oh, I can't was- wait for Inkigayo. I cannot wait. Yeah. Oh my god. Like I was. It was everything, and I love the way it was ended. And I was actually watching a review of the mm. re- review of the VMA, and someone had the nerve to say call them cu- cookie cutter, and I was like, cookie cutter. Um, you know what it's okay someone send them the extended version of the i need you video and like of when uh when when taeyang was stabbing that guy that was beating up his mom in the stomach and we saw all that blood yeah tell me (laughs) cookie cutter i was like cookie cutter that is the most i was like bts have some of the most depressing music videos on god's green and blue earth like they (laughs) my gosh I'm trying to think of which which video had me on the ground crying. It might have been it might have been the epilogue. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it anyway, listen. Any BTS video between "I Need You" and every other song that was on the most beautiful moment in life mm-hmm. will have you on the ground crying. But okay, <laughs> okay. So can tell tell yourself that they're cookie cutter. I right. honestly, though, know, like it, it. I was so I always call it to them, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be the bigger person and not <laughs> do that <laughs> because I was too busy being in awe with their VMA performance. Like the colors were everything. The mm. the, the way they use like the Times Square. The use yeah, that was really the, nice. Oh my god, they used that green screen so well. Whomever edited that, whomever did all the effects genius they need a raise <laughs> mm. um, I think for me the, the energy was through the roof I was like how do you have this much energy <laughs> who has this much energy um, and again it just kind of goes back to them enjoying what they do and mm. it's, it's, it's crazy that they done this and again full English, great English, and um, like performing performing in a in another language, it's mind-boggling. Mm. 
Mm. It must be crazy because performing as it is in your native language is is hard. It's crazy hard. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, especially for the level of performances that BTS put out. Yeah, and as I'm saying that the energy had, but yet still being on point, and it not going and and falling all over the place and being chaotic. Mm. They it seemed that they had absolute control. They have a fantastic team behind them. My my thoughts on this are are very simple. And my simple thought is this. I'm so sick of BTS. I'm sick of them. <laughs> and I'll tell you why I'm sick of them. Because <laughs> I... Acela knows this because she follows me on Twitter. But mm-hmm. I have decided that I'm no longer calling um, Young. I'm I'm no longer calling him that anymore. I'm calling him Nine Tails because Nine Tails was the baddest bitch out of the original 150 Pokemon. Yeah, this is at the time like there was a time I could remember I had all 150 Pokemon memorized. Same. <laughs> Nine Tails was the baddest and flyest out of all the Pokemon, and that is Kim Young right there. He has reached his final form of Pokemon evolution. <laughs> And he knows it and he's displaying it to the world. And the thing that's annoying is that the rest of them know it too. Like, they they know that they're fine. They know, th- they must be on Stan Twitter because they know that they are gorgeous and they are fully displaying it to us now. Because do you know how attractive you have to be mm-hmm. to, well, to wear bell bottoms and have the world praise it? In 2020, <laughs> you're wearing you're wearing Gucci bell bottom suits, and the world is like, yes, fantastic fashion. <laughs> Let me wear bell bottoms, <laughs> and I one. promise you, <laughs> I. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but. <laughs> But let me tell you something. It will not have the same result. Like, Hobie with that slicked backed hair exposing his entire forehead, that little hand flick that he did. I was like, sir, (laughs) I'm I'm not good. I was like, when he did, I was like, sir, I hate you. But when when Namjoon came on the front and did that thing with his thighs, I actually screamed (laughs) at my laptop. I... And when and when and when Tay did that thing at the end, you know, because he's the one that does the ending pose. Mm. Oh, by the way, I'm not sure if like again, this is a Twitter thing, but from when I first watched uh, the Dynamite MV and Tay did that thing at the end, I have involuntarily been calling him "you rude bitch." <laughs> <laughs> I just been there. I was just there like, rude, you're such a rude bitch. And I don't even mean to, it just falls out of my mouth. And when he did that last thing at the end of the VMA performance, again, that's exactly what I called him. And I'm saying this all with love. I adore Kim Young, But I'm just there like, he knows. He knows who he is. And it's so frustrating. Well, it's not, it's actually great. I'm in love with it. Yeah. But yeah, the performance was great. But you know the thing that was so satisfying to me as a BTS fan. Yeah. Do you want to know what the most satisfying thing is? What's that? That performance at the VMAs was BTS at best operating on 30%. Those of us 
who have seen any of their performances at MAMA, at MMA, at Inkigayo, at any of the end of year festivals knows that that's not, that's not even BTS operating at 50%. Like if any of the people who are praising BTS, if this is like, if the VMAs is their introduction to BTS in terms of award performances, and they think that is incredible. I'm just there like, to me, the VMA performance is nice. And to me, like you guys have mentioned, it's great to see them having fun and, you know, just doing what makes them happy. Mm. But is it anywhere near BTS's best? That performance to me doesn't make the top 10. Mm -hmm. And that's not even shade to the Dynamite performance. I love it. But I'm like, the thing I find it's, I'm so smug about the fact that that's not even BTS operating at at their maximum capacity. Have a conversation with me when you've seen the 2019 and 2018 MMA performances. And try calling them cookie cutter. Oh my goodness. Asela, we stand for the MMA performance of 2019 for two solid hours on this podcast. We did. And Stefan, that's the one I made you watch. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. So it, it's just, it's made me excited um, for the end of year performances. I'm, I'm looking forward to how they're going to, tr- they're going to combine dynamite on potentially black swan and then whatever, whatever song they're going to release in October. I'm honestly terrified what we're going to have of October. Like I'm going to have a heart attack regardless of what it is. Honestly, like if we, if we got something out of the map of the soul seven and dynamite, I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm, let me tell you something. These Western people are so lucky that black Swan was not in English. Yo. Black Swan is iconic. The MV is definitely in their top 10. And you hoes are lucky that it was not in English. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. If that if if Black Swan was the song that was released this summer, they would have shut everything down. Oh yeah. Especially for the lyrical content of Black Swan, because Black Swan is incredibly dark. Yeah, it it's also speaks to something like a very vulnerable place too. Yeah, but I guess the world needed happy, and that's why everyone's resonating to it. <laughs> um, so why bother be sad when you can have a da- when you can have da 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 na 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 na. BTS are like the kings of angst. I mean, come on, listen to the whole of what the uh, what was it? Love yourself tear album. Mm. Not even love yourself tear. Even Map of the Soul 7 is incredibly like I'm in the depths of my feelings. Yeah. Honest, it's probably some one of their best work. Whenever they're in their feelings, it's their best work. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. When BTS are ma- when they are mad at the world, they're basically like the Mary J. Bligers of hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean of- <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, if I scream. Okay, so lastly we're gonna round this up. BTS hit number one first Korean group to do so. Asela, I would love to know 
how you feel about that as an Asian American. Yeah. What's so funny is that they're technically not like the first first Asian artist out there. It was like the Japanese artist, like Beth, I think that was back in the seventies. I don't remember the name still, like, but they were. It was back in the seventies. Mm. It took all the way up until now to see. It, 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 mind you, second generation. We wanted this for a long time. Mm. We thought Wonder Girls was gonna be there when they were charted. We thought 21's going to be there. Definitely me, big bag. I sure. thought Boa's going to be up there because she released her all-English album, her self-titled mm. album. And then we were so close to Sai when he went number two. I thought Sai reached number one. No, he went number two. Oh! <laughs> so, like, but he was close. And after that, like, people kept treating them like a meme or like a, like a, like a trend. So seeing BTS reaching that goal, like reaching that number one, and seeing veterans like Yubin from Wonder Girls congratulating them, Sai, who has been supporting them since day one, congratulating them. It filled my second generation heart. And also as an Asian American, it filled my heart as well. Because this just, it needed to happen, really. Because, again, we talked the other day, privately, Tasha, that there is a lack of Asian representation, especially mm. in the music scene. Like, very rare. Unless you're, like, racially ambiguous, like Bruno Mars is. Yeah, because he was brown. People, yeah, less chances of people recognizing you for your work. Mm. So, but BTS kind of, in a way, challenged that, that, that thing. Because, there, again, there's so many Asian acts out there. There's so many Asian artists, American artists out there. But nobody took the time or chance to really elevate it because there's already, like, this mindset of that they're not going to make it, right? But seeing BTS kind of challenge that. It filled my heart. <laughs> it made me happy. It made me personally happy. Ah, mm. not all, like K-pop has gone such a long way. Asian representation has gone a long way, and I hope that mm. it continues because mm. I don't want it to end it with BTS. True, absolutely. It, the the door shouldn't be closed with them. I would like to add that uh, Sai was actually number one in the UK, Gangnam Style. Ah. He was number one for six weeks. Ah, cause that was like in the US, because when I when Sai saw the screenshots of like Sai, he went number two. Oh, I think. oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's on the that's on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. But in the UK, yeah, he did make he did get to number one. Ah, that I didn't know. Okay, now, and which is very impressive because the UK the UK charts are ridiculously tough. Like I said on Twitter, um, it's it's almost impossible for people who are not from the UK to crack our charts. Like the gap between Beyonce being number one was she she was number one last was it last year or the year before um, when she was featuring Ed Sheeran on his song Perfect, mm-hmm. and the last number one that she had after before that was single ladies in 2009 so Mm -hmm. that means that everything 
from the four album from self-titled and lemonade didn't make number one so we're talking about mm. um drunken love we're talking about um run the world we're talking about everything from from that era from those three albums didn't hit number one ridiculous mm. but that is how difficult our charts are mm. so they've done an amazing job i can't i cannot speak i can only speculate on how amazing the representation must be and i'm just i'm proud as a bts fan i'm proud as a k-pop fan mm. And I'm hoping that this does something to change the landscape. And I'm also going to be very interested to see um, how BTS are going to be treated after this. Because I feel like if, um, say, when the album comes out in October Mm -hmm. and it's in Korean and they don't play it, then the music industry is sending a very clear message that unless it's in English, we're not giving you radio play. Yeah. And I think that heads will roll. Oh yeah. It's and I'm hope and I'm hoping they do. Yeah. But um just to know how happy the boys are, like I know that there was a time that this was this was nothing more than a pipe dream for Yoongi and the others didn't even dare voice it. Yeah. So for them to reach number one on John Cook's birthday, that's adorable. Um, I damn near cried because I was like, it's just, I just love seeing other people fulfill their dreams. It's it's amazing. So bring on the freaking Grammys. <laughs> um, I, mean, I Hashtag brain blacks won the Grammys 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing that we we know that it's not going to be Black Swan. I would love it to be Black Swan. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely a conversation to be had about what um, what what categories they will be nominated for. I'm I'm still baffled to this day how they've never been nominated for world music. Um, but again, conversations for another day. But Stefan, yeah. tell us how you're feeling about the number one, and then we can wrap up. Um, I'm pretty gassed. Uh, like you said, it's going to change things for them. It's going to definitely change how they're treated by a lot of people. And uh, I'm interested to see what a lot of um, non-K-pop fans do. Because a lot of people are saying that this Dynamite song is uh, the first song that they've heard from BTS. And I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of non-K-pop fans becoming BTS stands just from this one song. Mm. So I think from now on, this is going to just be the start of them breaking more records since they've just easily um, obtained themselves a whole new fan base, mm. uh, which is crazy. So yeah, I'd be interested to see how they're treated. Um, I'm pretty gassed because they've worked hard. They've definitely worked hard. The evidence is there. And... Um, it's just exciting to see what more they do to try and top this because this will be very, very hard to top. Yeah. Because we all thought On topped it all, then we thought Black Swan topped it all, and then Dynamite came along. Yeah, it's going to be really hard. Listen, I've been telling you guys that BTS are seven of God's favorite children. (laughs) So when it comes to their fan base growing or topping charts well not topping charts but breaking records 
that that I'm not surprised for. BTS eat that. It's about how the industry treat them after this. And mm. one part of me is excited and then another part of me knows that we are dealing with an antiquated um white is right system that will make things difficult and has made things difficult for them. So yeah, we shall see, but we've got our fingers crossed. We've got our prayer lines up to the Lord and we can just hope for the best because I feel like um, if there was ever a song that is going to um, get them to the Grammys in terms of nomination mm-hmm. and performance and God willing a win. I really think that Dynamite is going to be it. I would love to see Map of the Soul 7 actually nominated for um as the album itself nominated for some stuff. If not that one, then whatever this new project is coming up. But we shall see, man. Yeah. BTS have put out the calendar for September. The album's coming out in October. It's awards system award system award season in december the rest of the year belongs to bts so pretty much (laughs) get ready let's do it all right but guys thank you so much for joining um for joining us on this episode uh we're 21 minutes over but for us this is pretty good time (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know we're just all hanging out we're all friends hanging out just chilling Exactly. Yeah. So tell the people where they can find you. Asello, would you like to go first? Oh yeah, sure. So you can if you enjoy any like poetry and writing stuff, just follow me on Twitter at Aselek. It's A S E L A L E E K. And Instagram at the Sakura Inc. Where I just post yeah, just if you like writing, it's there. Okay, you might want to spell that out. Which one? Uh Sakura Inc. Oh, the Instagram. So it's at the Sakura, S-A-K-U-R-A, I-N-K. Yeah. Okay. Stefan? Hey, you can find me. Actually, you can find my podcast on um, Self Over Sickle. Uh, we're on Spotify, and that's also the name of our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Instagram, my personal page, at Taylor underscore mxbe so yeah um give me a follow hit me up and um i just love to love to raise awareness that's about me i love to talk and it knows me and so if you want to know more about what i do just give me a message okay and a soulful storm is available on soundcloud spotify and anchor um and you can follow a soulful storm um it's the same on instagram twitter facebook and wordpress and me personally you can find me at little miss taz aka uh, tasha sampa on instagram and my twitter is sampa s-a-m-p-a Tasha on Twitter. Follow me if you um, want to see me tweet about civil rights and uh, be a thirst bucket for all guys K-pop and occasionally 
see my articles for Team Vogue. But yeah, so guys, um, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell five friends, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.